For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject, Romans, for or against Torah. This is part 15 of the series. Given that how sometimes Romans chapter 14 is interpreted, that we can eat anything that we want, or that we can call any day the Sabbath, let's ask the question, is celebrating the Sabbath a doubtful disputation? Leviticus chapter 26 verse 2, it is written, you shall keep my Sabbath, I am the Lord. And then in Isaiah chapter 66 verse 23, it will come to pass that from one new moon to another, and from one Sabbath to another, shall all flesh come to worship before me, says the Lord. And then Yeshua, we're supposed to walk as he walked, we're supposed to be immersed into Messiah, and so how did he live his life? Luke chapter 4 verse 16, he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, in other words, he did it on a regular basis, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. Continuing in answering the next question, is celebrating Passover, a doubtful disputation. In Numbers chapter 9 verse 2, let the children of Israel keep the Passover at the appointed season. What about Yeshua? In Luke chapter 2 verse 41, now his parents, the parents of Yeshua, Mary and Joseph, went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And then Yeshua kept Passover even up to the last day of his life before he died on the tree, as is recorded in Luke chapter 22 verse 15. Yeshua said to his disciples, with desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. And so the scriptures are very clear regarding the Sabbath and celebrating the Sabbath and celebrating Passover because once we realize and understand that it was Yeshua that created the heavens and the earth, we're told this in John chapter 1 verses 1 through 3 and verse 10. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Now, Yeshua is the Word of God. We can see this in Revelation in chapter 19 and verse 13. He was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood and his name is called the Word of God. Yeshua is the Word of God. Then it says in John chapter 1 verse 3, all things were made by him. Made by who? The Word of God. In the beginning was 
the Word. And without Him, the Word of God was not anything made that was made. And then in John chapter 1, verse 10, He was in the world. Who came into the world? Yeshua. And the world was made by Him. So the one that came into the world, the verse goes on to say, and the world knew Him not. So who's the one that came into the world that the world didn't know, but yet He made the world? That is Yeshua. So Yeshua made the heavens and the earth, and Paul wrote and explained this in Colossians in chapter 1 and verses 15 and 16, where Paul writes, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. So who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? It is Yeshua, the Messiah, regarding him. For by him were all things created, that are in heaven, that are on earth, visible and invisible. Whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. So given that Yeshua created the heavens and the earth, in creating in the heavens and the earth, we see in Genesis chapter 2 verses 1 through 3 that Yeshua, once he created the heavens and the earth, he rested. He took Sabbath. So what he did in creation is an example for us. And Yeshua gave the Torah at Mount Sinai. And in giving the Torah at Mount Sinai, he gave instruction to his bride, the house of Jacob at Mount Sinai, to keep his Sabbath. And so that being the case, is keeping the Sabbath a doubtful disputation? Biblically, it is not a doubtful disputation. And then Yeshua, when he kept Passover in Luke, in chapter 22, in verse 15, when he said, With desire have I desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. And then in Matthew's account of this, in Matthew, in chapter 26, Yeshua said these words in Matthew 26, 26. And as they were eating, Yeshua took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body. And then he took the cup, gave thanks, and he drank of it. And then he says in Matthew 26, verse 29, I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it in new with you in my Father's kingdom. And so what's Yeshua doing? He's celebrating Passover. And then in celebrating Passover, he says, I'm going to do it again in my Father's kingdom when I return. So it's not a doubtful disputation regarding whether a believer in Yeshua should keep Passover. And Paul himself, as we can see in the book of Acts, he went from place to place, from synagogue to synagogue, and he kept the Sabbath. We can see in Acts, in chapter 13, we see in verse 14, but when they departed from Perga, they came to Antioch in Pisidia, and they went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and sat down. And after reading the Torah and the prophets, the rulers of the synagogue sent unto them, saying, Ye men and brethren, if you have any word of exhortation for the people, say on. And so we see that Paul is in the synagogue on the Sabbath. Continue on in Acts chapter 13. In verse 42, it says, When the Jews were gone out of the synagogue, the Gentiles besought that these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath day. And so we see that in the first century, we had Jews and non-Jews who were celebrating and keeping the Sabbath. And so keeping the Sabbath and keeping Passover is not a biblical doubtful disputation, especially if we walk as Yeshua walked. He kept Sabbath. 
Sabbath, he kept Passover. So Paul is addressing one that is weak in the faith, and he's not trying to teach when he's speaking about mature believers as it relates to weak in faith believers, babes in Messiah. And he's addressing one that's a mature believer, and a mature believer is going to believe that Yeshua is the Messiah, and they're going to follow his Torah by his Holy Spirit, even as Paul testified that this is the way he expressed his faith in Yeshua as the Messiah. In Romans chapter 7, verse 22, I delight in the Torah of God after the inward man. And then Paul said in Romans chapter 7, verse 25, I thank God through Yeshua HaMashiach, our Lord. So with my mind, I serve the Torah of God. With his mind, he serves or he follows the Torah of God. And so Paul is addressing and giving advice to those who were strong in the faith as it relates to those who are weak in the faith. And one who is strong in faith, like Paul, is going to keep the Sabbath and keep Passover. We see regarding Paul in Acts, we also see that Paul is seeking and he is desiring to be at Jerusalem to celebrate and keep the Feast of Pentecost. And so then we see from Paul's example to us, he said, follow me and imitate me as I imitate the Messiah. And so if we're going to follow Paul after Paul follows the Messiah, then Messiah kept the Sabbath, Messiah kept Passover. Paul is not going to then in Romans chapter 14 in addressing those who are strong in the faith to not keep the Sabbath and to not keep Passover. And uh, he's not going to then be teaching that we can eat anything we want, including pig. What he is addressing is how those who are strong in faith are to conduct themselves regarding those who are weak in the faith, who are tossed around with every wind of doctrine, and they then are unsure regarding the proper way that they are to express their faith. So now in Romans chapter 14, verses 5 and 6, one man esteems one day above another. Another esteems every day alike. Let every man be fully persuaded in his his own mind. He that regards the day regards it unto the Lord, and he that regards not the day to the Lord, he does not regard it. And so this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. So to the spiritually mature, then they are to live every day unto the Lord for his kingdom and for his service. But one who is weak in the faith, one whose mind is not focused on Yeshua and his kingdom, kingdom on a day-to-day basis, but they're distracted by the things of this world and uh, by the desires of their flesh and their carnal mind, which Paul said in Romans chapter 8 is an enemy against God, then that person may not regard every day as a special day unto the Lord and be lived unto the Lord. And so continuing on in Romans chapter 14, verse 6, he that eats, eats to the Lord, for he gives God thanks. And he that eats not to the Lord, he eats not, and he gives thanks. So Paul is addressing the subject of esteeming any day unto the Lord. And so in doing this, is it our personal decision that we can decide what days are holy and what days are not? Well, no, not if you're spiritually mature and you understand what the scriptures 
teach about it. Yes, we are given free will, but we're to follow according to the guidelines of what the scriptures teach us. So Romans chapter 14, verse 10, Paul says, why do you judge your brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Messiah. So Paul instructed that we're to judge ourselves to see whether we are in the faith. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5, and 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 31, for if we judge ourselves, we will not be judged. Romans chapter 14, verse 22, have you faith? Have it to yourself before God. Happy is he that condemns not himself in that thing which he allows. And so the point that Paul is trying to make, the major point, is those that are strong in the faith who know and understand the scriptures are not to put a stumbling block in the thoughts and the mind and the conscience of someone who is weak in the faith and causing them through your behaviors and your actions to cause the one that's weak in faith in the way they pursue, perceive, or think about a situation and what you're doing, that you're doing something that is sitting in front of them and then causing them to stumble through their weakness in their faith. And we can see that this is the point that Paul is making. If we look at the big picture of Romans chapter 14, verse 1, him that is weak in the faith, receive him, but you're not to condemn his doubtful thoughts, being tossed with to and fro with every wind of doctrine, where he's not biblically clear on certain issues, where you realize that he's not clear on certain biblical issues. Now, Romans chapter 14, verse 21, it is good neither to eat flesh, nor to drink wine, nor anything whereby your brother stumbles or is offended or made weak. Because the point that he makes in Romans chapter 15, verse 1, we then that are strong in the faith, who understands what the scriptures really are saying and interpret and live it properly, ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. And so then let's ask this question, given that the weak in faith have doubts or they have lack of clarity regarding biblical matters. And Paul said in Romans chapter 14, verse 1, to them that are weak in faith receive, but not to doubtful disputations. So is it a doubtful disputation that nothing is unclean? Is that what Paul was trying to say in Romans chapter 14, verse 14, when he says, I know and I am persuaded by the Lord Yeshua that there is nothing unclean of itself, but to him that esteems anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. And so he's making that statement in the context of how one that is weak in faith is viewing something compared to someone that's strong in faith who understands the issue and the situation more fully or better. That's the context where he is making this statement. And so he makes the point in Romans chapter 14, verse 17, for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And so let's look at the book of Haggai and let's answer the question, is nothing unclean? Haggai chapter 2, verse 11, verses 13 and 14. Thus says the Lord of hosts, ask now the priest concerning the Torah, saying, then said Haggai, is one that is unclean by a dead body touch any of these? Shall it be unclean? And the priest answered, it shall be unclean, because the priest of the Lord is not to touch a dead body. And now Haggai chapter 2 verse 14, then answered Haggai and said, 
so is this people, and so is this nation before me, says the Lord, and so is every work of their hands, and that which they offer there is unclean. So Paul wrote in Romans chapter 1 verse 24, wherefore God also has given them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. Romans chapter 6 verse 19, Paul writes, I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh, for as you have yielded your members servants to uncleanness unto iniquity. 2 Peter chapter 2 verse 10, but chiefly them that walk after the flesh in the lust of uncleanness. So if you walk after the flesh, Paul said in Romans chapter 8 verse 8, you cannot please God so that they that are in the flesh cannot please God. And what do you do to not please God? You sin. What do you do to please God? You live a holy life. But what do you got to do to sin or be in the flesh or be unclean? 1 John chapter 3 verse 4, whoever commits sin transgresses the Torah for sin is the transgression of the Torah. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 17, Paul wrote, Wherefore come out from among them and be ye separate, says the Lord, or be holy, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 5, For this you know that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man, who is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Messiah and of God. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 7, For God has not called us unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. So is Paul saying, after teaching in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 17, Ephesians chapter 5 verse 5, and 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 7, to not have anything to do with the unclean, that anything is okay in Romans chapter 14? No. In context, the point that he is making once again is the following. He's addressing a particular issue and specifically he's addressing somebody that is weak in the faith who believes that he should only be eating vegetables and not solid food, not meat, in contrast to someone who's mature in the faith who understands it's okay to eat both vegetables and meat, providing that it is defined biblically as being clean, that the behavior of one that is strong in faith should not cause one that's weak in faith to stumble in his thoughts and in his mind through your behavior unto him. And so Paul then makes this summary point in context in Romans chapter 14, verse 21. It is good neither to eat flesh nor to drink wine nor anything whereby your brother stumbles or is offended or is made weak because the responsibility of one that is strong in faith, Romans chapter 15, verse 1, we that are strong in the faith ought to bear the infirmities of those that are weak in the faith, and those that are strong in the faith should not try to please themselves, even though they may be doing something that is biblically permissible, that if you know it's biblically permissible, yet someone weak in the faith thinks that it shouldn't be done, for the sake of the one that's weak in the faith, in their presence, you should conduct your behavior in a way that you will not cause 
the one that's weak in faith to stumble. So let's finish the book of Romans and this last part of the teaching by making the following summary points. The weak in faith are not spiritually mature and they lack spiritual discernment on how to follow Yeshua in his Torah. Number two, a mature believer should not do things that cause the weak in faith to believe that you are sinning. And number three, the spiritually mature believer should bear the burden of the weak in faith in their presence. So this is going to conclude our teaching on the book of Romans and examining this book from a Hebraic perspective. And in doing so, what we did is we started off in this book by looking at Romans chapter 1 and verse 17, which reads, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. So we explained that not only is this a reference to the book of Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4, but Abraham himself in Genesis chapter 15 verse 6, he believed God or he expressed faith in the promises of God and he obeyed the instruction of God that through Abraham's life and example, we are shown that our righteousness comes by our faith or trusting in the God of Israel. And then we examined this understanding by seeing what Paul was trying to explain in Romans in chapter 4. Then we looked at Romans chapter 2 and we saw here that Paul was making a comparison in his analogy of a non-Jew who he follows the Torah, yet he's physically not circumcised, that because he's following and doing what the Torah says from his heart, from his knowledge, or from his consciousness, that spiritually he's regarded as having a circumcised heart and acceptable before God. Because Paul said in Romans chapter 2 in verse 13 that it's not the hearers of the Torah that are found just before God, but the doers of the Torah shall be justified. And then Paul also gave the example of a Jew who's physically circumcised, but yet he does not follow the Torah in his lifestyle, even though he has the sign that he's committed to the covenant and to follow the Torah. If in his lifestyle he does not follow the Torah, then even though he's physically circumcised, he will be regarded spiritually as his heart being uncircumcised. And the Torah requires from Deuteronomy in chapter 10 and verse 12 and verse 16, we see that the God of Israel requires in the Torah a circumcised heart. And so then after looking at Romans chapter 2 from a Hebraic perspective, seeing that Paul in concluding Romans chapter 2 and Romans chapter 2 verses 27 and 28, he's doing a play on the meaning of a Jew in Hebrew, which means a praiser of God, that a praiser of God is one that's obedient to God and follows the Torah of God. And that is the true praiser of God, 
but not one that has the name of being a praiser of God, yet does not believe in Yeshua nor follows his Torah. Then from there, we looked at Romans chapter 7 verses 1 through 4. So this is going to conclude our teaching on the book of Romans from a Hebraic perspective. And I pray that the teaching, the understanding, and the insights have been a rich blessing to you. And it will help you in your faith and allowing you to understand how you can, as it says in 1 John chapter 2, verse 6, walk as Yeshua walked and bring you into closer fellowship with him. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Well, that's going to conclude part 15 of the series on the subject, Romans, for or against Torah. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.